Hello, 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 friends. Trayvon Anthony here, and you are listening to The Value of Color. This is episode number four. I know it has been uh, quite a while since I've posted anything, but that's definitely going to change. I'm sure we've all have been, well, not I'm sure. I know that we all have been affected by the coronavirus that is currently going on throughout the United States of America, and I'm hoping everyone is safe and everyone is healthy and everyone is, I'm sure, bored out of their minds staying in the house as I am, but it's better safe than sorry. So hopefully everything is going well with you and your families. I want to chat a little bit about something that actually happened earlier this month um, on March the 5th. It actually included um, the execution of a man by the name of Nathaniel Woods out of the state of Alabama. Uh, and so just a quick background, Nathaniel Woods was um, pretty much arrested for the killing of three Birmingham police officers back in 2004. And I guess the question that's really on everyone's mind and a lot of people are still extremely upset about the governor's decision to execute this man the main question was was justice really served in this matter so just a quick background on the story we have the four officers that approached the home with the search warrant now some articles have said that the officers did have a search warrant but then we have some articles that say that nathaniel woods actually lured the officers in so basically he was trapping them in to be killed Um, So we have so many different opinions there on that. So I don't really know what the facts are, if these officers actually had a search warrant or or if Nathaniel Woods was basically luring them in to be killed by an assailant who was in the home at that time. Now, this was in a home where drugs are normally sold. So many of us would call that a crack house and others were staying there. So after the officers made their entry, a shootout obviously began. And then Carrie Spencer, um, who has openly admitted to doing the shootings, um, did murder these three officers and wound the other. Now, Woods was not the shooter. Nathaniel Woods was not the shooter. Um, Carrie Spencer later stated in a letter to the governor at that time and several times on record that Nathaniel Woods had no parts of the murder and that he was simply at the wrong place at the wrong time. In fact, Carrie Spencer went on to say that Nathaniel Woods actually ran um, during the time that the shooting had transpired. You are saying that you are totally responsible for the murders of those police officers. Yes, yes, I am. I'm the only one that shot everybody that day. And Nathaniel Woods is completely innocent, you say? Absolutely. He didn't know I was going to shoot anybody. I mean, I put this on my life, on my children's life. I mean, like, I swear to God, I didn't know I was going to do this. So how would Nate know? I mean, this was some spur spur of the moment decision. You know, we had no time to think about what the was going to happen that day. This was not a plan. You didn't conspire together. No, no, man. That's just something they put out there. You see, it was no warrant or nothing. They just made up a story for a jury to believe to convict both of us. But I do want to be very careful because I don't want to focus so much on the extremely unfortunate circumstance that occurred. Because at the end of the day, as I said, we have three dead individuals whose families had to mourn and are probably still mourning their loss. Uh, My issue here is with the justice system, as many of us have issues with the justice system, because it seems that the justice system gets more and more corrupt by the day. It seems like the justice system 
does everything but give justice. So as it continues to obviously be an issue, it appears on a daily basis. And it's very unfortunate that one of the most powerful systems in our government can sometimes and often has seemed to be proven to be corrupt in some cases. So for the trial, Nathaniel Woods was given and um, a court appointed attorney, which in most cases, you know, individuals, if you don't have a have an attorney, then they would obviously give you one. One will be appointed for you. So he did receive an appointed attorney. Now, the issue here, number one, is that this attorney, according to some sources, had no experience in capital murder cases. So we have an attorney here who has no type of experience in capital murder cases. So I don't know why they would appoint him to represent an individual in a capital murder case. So to me, that was kind of fishy. Um, secondly, um, they conducted a very inadequate investigation and they also failed to advise Nathaniel on plea deals. So in other words, this attorney did not advise Nathaniel on all of the rights that he had, even in the horrible position that he was in. This is a man that still has rights as every individual does. Police officers barged into a house it was a drug house, and there were two men in the house, Carrie Spencer and Nate Woods. When they barged into the house, Ricky, the moment they barged in, they sprayed Nate right in his face with pepper spray. Nate then ran crazily through the house and ran out the back window of the bathroom, ran across the street and sat on the front porch where he never left. While he ran out of the house, his friend, Harry Spencer, who is in prison on death row right now, shot and killed a police officer. When other police officers heard that, they came running in and he shot and killed two more police officers. Nate wasn't even in the house when that happened. Carrie, mm -hmm. Carrie testified when, in his trial. Carrie testified in Nate's trial. And Carrie has said to this very day, he was on CNN last night from death row, Carrie himself that Nate had nothing to do with the shooting. Nate did not know the shooting was going to happen. It was not planned. They, the police came to the house, Ricky, with a misdemeanor arrest warrant for an unpaid ticket. You, you want me to believe that Nate so badly wanted to avoid a misdemeanor that he orchestrated three police officers being killed. Nate had never been violent a day in his life, never touched those guns, never said, let's shoot police. Here's what they here's what they did. This is how foolish and ridiculous this case was. They literally went and found a Dr. Dre song that Nate liked that says something bad about police to say that that shows us that Nate had a hate for police. So this assertion that Kerry Spencer made about Nathaniel Wood saying that he had been assaulted by these cops, whether it was one, two, three, or all four of them, whether in the past or at that moment, the judge actually did not permit that statement to go through in the trial. So that's kind of weird to me as well. Also, two of the officers who were killed were later accused by another drug dealer at Nathaniel Wood's home of being involved in some type of corrupt scheme where the drug dealers were protected in exchange for money. I honestly believe the state of Alabama, as I said, completely failed to give Nathaniel Woods a fair trial. 
Although the circumstances are completely horrendous, was this man actually executed for a crime that he did not commit? I mean, am I saying that he's completely innocent? No, I'm not. But we took a life. Well, I'm not going to say we. They took a life of a man who did not commit a crime. I think this is just completely sad. It's disheartening. And actually, a lot of known figures, including Martin Luther King III, the son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., had something to say about it as well. Take a listen. This is a case with family members, lawyers, supporters, uh, outside groups, civil rights leaders, all say that this man was not involved in the murder. And, and, and there's evidence to suggest that. And yet, tonight at 6 p.m., if things don't change, he's going to get executed. Uh, tell us why you got involved in this case. So thank you for the opportunity. I, I got involved when I found out uh, about the gross, um, I don't want to say negligence, but how the system, the legal system seems not to be working. Uh, certainly Mr. Woods had an incompetent uh, lawyer uh, on capital cases, not incompetent generally, but per perhaps on capital cases, because it's, it's very clear to me that if there's any inkling of doubt that someone innocent may be killed, then it seems to me that they sh that should not happen. And because, as, as you've stated, uh, the gentleman who did the actual murders came forward and has stated that there was no involvement, uh, that they were not operating together, it would just seem that the governor would uh, provide a stay. Uh, that seems to fall on deaf ears. And what it feels like to many in the African-American community is, once again, this is like a lynching. An innocent person is slated to die this evening. And that should be unacceptable. The legal system has got to do better, or uh, justice uh, certainly has to be served in some uh, responsible fashion, it seems to me. Kareem is with us and has a question. Kareem. Hi there, Martin. Good to see you again. Um, my question to you is how do people get involved in this fight? And not just in this case, but in the broader, uh, kind of in the broader fight to, to stop, to end uh, the, the death penalty. So I think that uh, Amnesty International is one of the great organizations that I've been involved in. And everyone is not against the death penalty, obviously. But I believe we have to create a consciousness in this country. Uh, I'm against it. You know, I'm a victim of, of violence. My father was gunned down by an ass assassin. My grandmother was gunned down. My father by a white man. My grandmother by a black man. And I have always been against the death penalty. I think it's an archaic form of punishment. I think that we are better than, than the way that we operate. And I think it's, it's mostly consciousness. Ultimately, when you think about developing nations, uh, we are one of those nations that continues to believe, okay, if you do something, we're going to come and get you. And this is, this is what feels good momentarily. But I, I just have to believe we have to con continue to mobilize people in the nation and world so that ultimately elected officials will come around to this position. It, it obviously is going to take some time, but we should never give up. So that was Martin Luther King III, as stated. And one of the things that he said that was extremely powerful to me was that this situation was almost like a lynching. You know, someone was slated to die, especially someone who was innocent. 
I mean, someone who had nothing to do with the murders of these three officers. But yet, regardless of the facts, regardless of anything that his attorney could have brought forth in the case, regardless of all of these eye-opening facts and witnesses that clearly said that Nathaniel Woods was innocent of killing these three men, it was almost like the state of Alabama completely ignored that and went forward with what they wanted to do and with what they felt was right to do, although they knew and know that it's wrong. But the law stands. There is some fine print somewhere that says that this was completely legal, which makes the justice system even more corrupt because human opinion at the end of the day has the final say over man or woman's life whether they're going to live or whether they're going to die. So a lot of this stuff does not have to do with law. I understand that these three officers were killed, but how can you kill the man who did not kill the officers? So I'm almost sure the state of Alabama completely understood this, but it was something within them that just did not care. And I feel like they simply wanted to make an example out of Nathaniel Woods, and they did. And they got away with it. Let's hear what Nathaniel Wood's sister had to say about everything. Um, for coming. Um, just wanted to put out there that, you know, we're just happy that everyone is reading about the case. Um, and they're able to kind of see um, the facts and some of the discrepancies um, that happened and um, how, you know, his legal his counsel, you know, failed him during this process and he hasn't had a chance to have a fair trial. And we're just hoping that Governor Kay Ivey's, um, her team also can see um, this information when they review it, and they are willing to give him um, random clemency, retrieve, exoneration, um, any of those things work. Um, but we really just want people to see that he really is innocent and he didn't have anything to do with um, the burdens of those officers. Um, we do feel really bad for what happened that day. Um, we don't wish that on anyone or their family to have to deal with that. Um, it was um, very unfortunate that um, the shooter did what he did. Um, but the, the main point is, is that Nathaniel had no parts in those actions of uh, another man, Carrie Center. I don't know how this governor sleeps at night. Obviously, she's sleeping very well because she hasn't said anything. So she's obviously good to go. But I think it's just a shame. I think it's horrible. And as Martin Luther King III said in the audio earlier, it's almost like it, it is like a lynching. It feels like steps taken backwards. Um, and obviously, this is something that's seen too much in the African-American community as it pertains to the justice system. They wanted to make an example out of Nathaniel Woods, and they did it. And they are perfectly fine with it. And I think it's a complete tragedy. And I think it's sad and my heart goes out to his family and my heart certainly goes out to the family of these officers whose lives were taken as well. I just feel horrible about the fact that you would feel comfortable executing a man who had absolutely nothing to do with the crime that occurred. Um, God forbid if this was even to happen in my family, I would not feel comfortable with someone being executed for something that they did not do or have had nothing to do with what occurred. The state of Alabama really, really, really should feel crazy about this decision that they made. But unfortunately, the thing that really pains me is that I don't feel they feel bad about it. I think they feel that justice was served. Um, 
I know one of the family members stated, you know, that that's one down pretty much and they have one more to go as far as um, executing the actual killer who was Carrie Spencer. Um, And although that sounds like a very vile thing to say, I can understand the anger and the frustration and the sadness, the magnitude of that coming from one of the family members of the officer. I just feel that this was done completely wrong. So wrapping up, like I said, I think I've said it like 20 times already, but I really want people to get out of this situation, um, the understanding of obviously the justice system and how unfair it is. We, we, I think we're all aware of that. But the power of forgiveness. Would you truly be able to forgive the state that executed your loved one knowing that they were innocent of the crimes that were stated against them? And since we're talking about forgiveness, I think it's very important that when you are able to forgive someone, you have to be able to also let it go, whatever it is, because the little piece of it that you decide to hold on to will continue to fester within you, especially at the most vulnerable times in your life. So a lot of times we'll hear people say, well, I forgive you, but I'll never forget And I think that's that's a choice. I don't think that's a necessity. Um, I'm one to forgive and to take out of that situation what I need to get out of it and not necessarily forget about it, but move past it. And you can certainly move past and through something and, and not have the ability for it to hold on to you. You can forget about something and move past it. And I think we have to be very careful not to train people to forgive something but also hold on to it at the same time so that they can have something to go back to and constantly remind them of what it was that hurt them or what it was that they had troubles forgiving in the first place you do have the ability to forget about it and and move past it let it go situation like this i don't even know what his sister is going to do in this type of situation i don't know what i would do in this situation um But I do know that the power of forgiveness is real and that even with everything that's going on around us with this coronavirus and lives are being taken every day and people are falling ill every day. If there is something that you have, some type of art or some type of hurt or whatever it is, the littlest thing, um, piece of whatever that you have against someone or someone hurt you, I challenge you to be the bigger person, to step forward and even it out. You may never talk to that person again. You may never go out to lunch with that person again. You might not have that strong conversation that you used to have. You might not have that strong relationship. But I do challenge you to move forward and try to make the attempt to even things out. You know, don't allow things to go on so long to the point that it festers you to the festers you almost at the point that you can move forward and do the things that are necessary for your own existence. So I challenge you to take the step and however that step leads you is where it goes. If it goes all the way left, at least you've made that step. And that's the step towards your own healing and the step towards your forgiveness of that person and forgiving yourself of anything that needs to be forgiven for. So certainly to Nathaniel Woods, we say rest in peace to him uh, for his life and certainly to his family. They are in our thoughts and our prayers this extremely unfortunate situation and also to officers Carlos Owen, Harley Chisholm III, and Charles Bennett, um, the three officers that lost their lives. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Value of Color. 
I will see. Well, you'll hear from me soon. How about that? See ya.